Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. What a day. June gloom, okay, okay. But at least the sun comes out midday, and I think we got a string of sunny ones coming. Nothing is better to me. Nothing will change my mood faster than early morning in the waves. There's just nothing. I invite you and will forever eternally prevail at encouraging you to get to the ocean. Live near the ocean, even if it's in a hut. The Fijians live better than most of the people in Bel Air. This is true. But, you know, industrial techno man. He can't see it. Well, you know, I'm going to post to the show today a really good interview with James Watson, Dr. Watson. Watson and Crick. Watson and Crick. Francis Crick. Watson and Crick in the early 50s published a paper. They were only in their 20s or so. At least Watson was early 20s on the molecular structure of the DNA molecule, that it was a double helix twisted. This was a really a composite of a lot of other people's thought, one of which was Rosalind Franklin, Maurice Wilkins. But these guys did put it together, and they got the Nobel Prize for it, DNA. The impact of this is at least as great as the quantum mechanics guys the Einsteins, and so on. Just in a different field. And the two interface with each other constantly in a way you don't know because the quantum theorists created biophysics and Watson and Crick, and you can say starting with Mendel, but that's kind of a joke. Watson and Crick up to Venter started this DNA genetics thing. And if you really look at how we perceive reality today, it's either through the eyes of the quantum mechanists or... Watson and Crick. And I think the exemplary moment of this is in a Charlie Rose. Now, Charlie Rose, the journalist, TV journalist, interviewer, you know, the Dick Cavett, but of the heavyweight contingency there. Charlie Rose, years ago, and I'm going to post this on the show later on the website, is interviewing James Watson. And he says, now Watson must have been about in his early 80s, maybe mid 80s at the time. Charlie Rose says to Professor Watson, of all, what's your regret? Where, where do you really feel it in your heart? And Watson puts his head down and he kind of shakes his head. And, you know, he's in his mid-80s. He's got big jowls. So I'm sitting there listening, fascinated as always, watching his jowls sort of flap. And he looks up, kind of, and says, cancer. He says, cancer, that we've done nothing more with cancer. That Watson couldn't see 
the obvious flaw in his perception of science amazes me, disgusts me, and doesn't surprise me, even though it does surprise me. So it's the kaleidoscope of emotion I have when one of the most brilliant, biggest names in science, the guy that published the paper on the double helical structure of DNA, something everyone wanted to do but couldn't, that's really the forerunner of what's become your everyday experience. Genes, genetics, genetic profiling. Can't see what the problem is. And the problem is, and this I'm going to drive home at my seminar tomorrow on prevention of cancer. The problem with understanding cancer is it's not to be understood in a biochemical, molecular, biological sense. It's to be understood on the level of quantum meaning physics. You have to apply physical chemistry to understand cancer or you're never going to get it. And what that, for those of you with some background in science, means is that a gene can mutate because it's DNA repair systems. An oncogene can mutate because it's gene repair systems don't work and you have a mutation. The reason cancer takes so long to express after the mutation occurs, which we know, from the mutation to the point where you start to feel a tumor in your breast can be 10 to 20 years. And the reason that it takes so long is because after the mutation takes place, the confirmation, the histonic confirmation, the configuration of where that mutated gene is rolled up in that spool we call chromatin may take years to reduce itself to a frequency that allows for the mutation to express. Take that to the bank, my friends. But the NIH won't give us any money to study that. So we just throw it under this term epigenetics and then we destroy what that means for a multitude of reasons. And then when we destroy what epigenetics truly means, well then the people that understand the biochemical molecular dynamic of science come in and go, you holistic morons, Mercola, number one, you don't even understand what the word epigenetic means and so why are you even using a term you don't get? And this reciprocity between narrow-minded scientists and avant holistic practitioners, including Mercola, who's an osteopath, this goes back and forth to nobody's benefit. What we ought to do is address the fact that from the time we know there's a mutation to the time the tumor started to grow, like you've got something to be concerned about, can be years. What determines that on the in-between, and why aren't we creating models to address that? But we're not. If you scan the literature, we're not. We have to depend upon empiricism. And if I'm going over your head in the conversation today, get educated. Come on, you can do this. I don't talk this way on air because I think just because you're, you know, whatever you do for a living sell cigars on weekends in the corner, that you're stupid. I think that if you apply yourself with the same type of diligence you apply to watching how you spend your money, you can understand anything in science. The problem with understanding the high end of science is the people that teach it 
use all sorts of $10 words that they don't have to use to just make themselves look more important. And I don't think anyone has had more of that garbage stuffed down their throat than me. So when I get on air every Saturday now for 12 years and tell you to learn the science, don't sit there thinking you can't. Because if you do, and you just are interested in your health, if you're not interested in your health, you wouldn't be listening in the first place. But if you are interested in your health on whatever level where you're not, where you may not even want to do anything about your health, you just want to listen to someone talk about it that's more interesting, or you actually want to get healthy, or you have a disease or a symptom or whatever, take the time to go deep with science. And that's what I try to do with my seminars. Get it down to the English language instead of the legalese that scientists tend to speak through because they're either too lazy, not talented enough, or just absolutely too arrogant to bother to reach down to talk to you stupid people. Now, every profession does this, so I'm not going to make a big thing out of it. When you talk to your lawyer... When I talk to my lawyers, I have to tell them, don't talk lawyer. If I talk to my CPA, I almost want to punch the guy because he starts with these words I don't understand and I couldn't care less about in all. But in fact, I have to get him to translate, then I can use my noggin. Tomorrow I'm doing a seminar on cancer prevention. Be smart. It's 150 bucks. I'm going to put it. It's a video, so you'll get a copy of the video after we edit it a little bit. And then you throw it out in your library. And when it hits the fan, if it ever does, because 40% to 50% of America will get cancer now. I still have some spots. I can still extend. I can do lots of things. So call my office at 714-850-1007. Because you can't get this on YouTube. No, you can't. You're not going to get it from your nephew who's got a PhD in molecular biology and knows his genetics. You won't get it. They can't think outside their box. And even if they could, they can't explore because they can't get grant money to do it. On top of which, their clinical experience in these fields is minimal. And if their clinical experience with something like cancer is enormous, that means they're in oncology, and oncologists can't even think. And if they do, most of them lose their minds or have nervous breakdowns. So you have no idea the depth from which I speak to you right now. You don't. You couldn't. No more than I could understand grandma in the audience that may have birthed 15 kids over 15 or 20 years of marriage. How would I understand that? So just use your inner intelligence and connect to what I'm trying to tell you, which is you come to the seminar, you'll get information, and I'll put it to you on video a week or so after the seminar. That's 714-850-1007. Because I have done with cancer what I do with everything. Break it down into mathematics and come up with other answers on the other side of the equal sign. And it ain't that complicated then. God's grace keeps it simple, but deep. You have to go deep, not, not enamor yourself of data acquisition and 17,000 
degrees, all of which are useless in the trenches. Effective fighting is not having 12 different martial arts belts. Effective fighting is having some good tools and knowing when to lay them out and, and, and what and how. A great chef doesn't know 45,000 recipes. He knows how to work with about 15 or 20 foods and then mix them in combinations on the spot, in the moment, that are heavenly in their delivery, presentation, and taste. You understand my point? Power is not data acquisition. That thing we call intelligence today is not a computer that can acquire data. It's something that can think on levels that only God will ever understand. And that's called your clinical gut. Your common sense. We reduce it to common sense. Oh, yeah, I got common sense. Well, you do, but not in the way you think you do. And you watch people use common sense all the time. So use some common sense about cancer. How is it that at this point, one out of two people are getting it? And how do you prevent it? And how do you know if you're doing a good job or a poor job of preventing it? And if you get it in its very early stage, how do you make sure you don't keep it coming back? We ought to be delivering models around this so you know what you're dealing with. You know what to do if you live in a crime-ridden neighborhood and you don't want your house to be robbed. You know what to do. You hire a high-end security consultant. You lay the money down. You put the time in, and you'll figure it out. We ought to be doing that about cancer. We ought to be doing that about health in general. Obviously, Abiding in the numbers, we're not doing that so well, are we? Because we're being fed a lot of garbage. I don't get on the air every week and tell you to take this herb so you won't see cancer. I would never do that. I would say use this herb as a means of upgrading one of the mechanisms in normal physiology that will make it less likely that you'll get cancer. That's a far more intelligent way to say it, but if you riddle it down to that... Your marketing people tell you that's too complicated and nobody will listen or purchase or do whatever the heck they tell you to do. So we've created this sort of dome around the reality of preventing cancer that either makes it sound like it's an herb or some simple cleanse or some book with the one, two, three, four, and five of it and bingo, it's done and you fit the bill and now you don't worry about it. And what you're missing then is the excitement. Understanding cancer is fascinating. What you have to do to prevent cancer is fascinating. Getting a tumor that's too big that's starting to mutate on its cell membrane so fast that it's fooling your immune system is not great. Getting a gene assay of all the markers on the cancer cell after the thing is ready to go into a metastatic state is not fun. And then having to play trade-off games with chemos, anti-inflammatories like heavy doses of prednisone, even the immunotherapies are not fun. Addressing cancer biochemically after its later stage, past the initiation stage, is not fun. And knowing how to deal with your doctors, your oncologists, your alternative oncologists, your integrative oncologists, your nutritionists, your naturopaths, your dietitians is not fun. It's agony. And most people bend over and die. Now, I'm backing that statement with 30 years of watching too many people who thought they were involved in the holistic thing, you know, 
the holistic thing. Yes, I take my vitamin supplement and I shop at Whole Foods and therefore I'm protected. This is the kind of myopia we have to put an end to because it's not doing anything. And what my point is, is that it denies you, the consumer, the public. It denies you the opportunity to find out what the joy of preventing cancer is. To understand that basically before a gene expresses, despite a mutation, which you don't want in the first place, in one of your oncogenes or tumor suppressor genes, to understand it might be five to ten years before you ever see the expression of a tumor to get in there and augment that, to put the mutation to sleep, is a joy. It's where you find God. I mean, why do you think I do this? All right. Enough said. So how was your week? I was at the beach, and uh, there was a, two very fat people at the beach. They were only in their 30s. I was sitting there stretching after a session in the water, and... They most, each of them, I mean, the guy must have been about 300, and the female must have been a good two, two and a quarter. And they were wearing flippers, because, you know, that's what some people do at the beach. I don't get that. How you could put plastic between the sole of your feet and the water and the ocean is beyond me. But they were wearing, you know, the plastic slippers, so to speak, at the beach. And the wave comes in and knocks the flipper off of the guy who's up there around three, 300 pounds, in his 30s. And it was a rough surf, and so the wave grabs a hole of this poor guy's flipper, and it takes it out to sea. But then you know how those waves go. They come back in, and then the flipper comes back, and then it goes out and comes back. And I'm watching this guy while I'm doing what I'm doing, and, you know, he's trying to get the flipper. And he seems a little bit irritated, and he can't do it. He can't get the flipper. Now, you know how that is. The wave brings it in. The wave brings it out. The water splashes it. I mean, it's not that easy to do in a way. But this guy's having a really bad time to the point where I kind of forget that he's 300 pounds. And I'm just watching him try to get his shoe out of the water. And he can't do it. He just can't do it. So I'm like, should I get involved here? because I don't want to embarrass the guy, you know, better no one sees him and he just forgets about his flipper. But it's too close to where I am. And so I say, do you still want to get that flipper? And he goes, yeah, he says, but I can't see it. Now, I know the guy's lying because it's right in front of him. He's just embarrassed. And so I went along with it. And sure enough, just as I do that, the wave throws the flipper just at the guy's foot and he bends over. And then it was really so obvious to me. He couldn't get the flipper because if he bent over enough, he would tip. He would have fallen off his feet. So it, it really hurt your heart, you know? It really hurt you. And I'm thinking, this guy's only in his 30s. So he didn't tip. He got his flipper. God knows how he put it on. I didn't even want to look. And I went back to stretch out, and I said to myself, man, we have to do something, man. I mean, this guy wasn't 60. He didn't have 30 extra, 300 extra pounds of stress fat on his body. He's only 30. Do you know how many people there are like that? 30-year-olds, 20-year-olds? And we're, 
We're wondering why there's more cancer than ever. What are we doing? Sometimes I think our habits have gotten so bad that even at death's door, when we know we're going to get really hurt in our life and we really want to help ourselves, we can't. We've just conditioned ourselves, innocently or deliberately, to a lifestyle that is so Sodom and Gomorrah that we just can't get out of an ugly fate. We die poorly. Well, I'll leave that to God's hands. And Mabel, so will you. But if you don't, get on my website sometime and listen to my shows all 576 of them. Because for anybody whose heart is still beating and somewhere within themselves thinks that there's more for them in their life than they're being dished out at the moment, listen to my shows because it is a medical paradigm. It's a paradigm. I deliver to you 30 minutes each Saturday, a paradigm. So I'm going to let you go now because I'm done. If you have any part of you that connected to today's show, call my office at 714-850-1007 and you come to the seminar. That aside, if you're lost in the labyrinth of help, health, which many of you are, 714-850-1007. Just know what I'll tell you to do for your health, others won't. And what I'll show you to do Others don't. And then it's up to you. So come ready, because you'll have work to do, and that's okay. God bless you. See you at the seminar. Bye-bye. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.